Welcome to Confessions of a Higher Ed Social Media Manager, where we delve into the world of higher ed social media through the eyes of people behind the screens. Join us as we explore the ups and downs and everything in between when managing online presence for colleges and universities. From navigating the latest social media trends to dealing with crisis management, we'll hear firsthand accounts of what it's really like to be a higher ed social media manager. We'll sit down with masterminds behind some of the most innovative and engaging social media campaigns in the field and hear their behind the screen stories, best practices, and insider tips. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, sit back, grab your headphones, and get ready for some candid confessions and valuable insights into the world of higher ed social media. Confessions of a Higher Ed Social Media Manager is part of the Enrollify Podcast Network. You can subscribe to this podcast at enrollify.org or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to Confessions of a Higher Ed Social Media Manager. I'm your host, Callie, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. Today, I'm chatting with Marcella from Eastern Florida State College. Welcome, Marcella. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing really good. A little nervous, but excited to be talking with you. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you're joining us today. Um, this is our second episode of the podcast, and I am just really excited to talk about all things higher ed social. So first, before we start, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. I just graduated with my MBA in marketing, and I'm going to go back to actually focus in marketing with an MS. I collect comics and Funko Pops. We have over, I want to say, eight or 900 in the house, just in figures and a couple thousand comics, <laughs> and love all things theme parks and Florida fun. That's so fun. So I am terrible with geography. How far away are you from, like, Disney and um, Universal and stuff? Uh, depending on the traffic, about 40 minutes to an hour. That's a lot closer yeah. than I thought. Again, terrible with geography. Don't know where anything is. <laughs> but um, that, I feel like, would be dangerous for me. I wouldn't go all the time. At least, I think, two or three times a month. <laughs> oh, so fun. <laughs> so jealous. Um, I have been impulsive and grabbed a coworker um, who's now one of my best friends. And mm-hmm. we impulsively took a weekend trip to Disney once. Um, I literally worked from her house on a Friday and was like, you have 20 <laughs> minutes. Go pack we're going to Disney. And she's like, what? And I'm like, hello, nice to meet you. I'm impulsive. You want to go to Disney with me? So we had a great trip and I can't wait to go back again. So I would love to chat a little bit more about what led you to higher ed social. I know that you're relatively new in the role. That's a very unique perspective that we don't often hear from a lot. And so um, how long have you worked in higher ed social and what led you to this point? Uh, Coming up on about six months, I started last October. I did my mouth right. (laughs) And I got my bachelor's in public administration. I love the school that I went to, and I was already working there in financial aid. I saw that the position was open, and it was kind of like a leap of faith. It was in alliance with my goals getting into marketing. It would help the community that I want to see grow and love, and it just everything kind of fell right into place from there. That's so cool. I feel like um, it's always interesting to hear how people get into higher ed social because it's not um, it's not the same for all people. Some people are in marketing roles or work somewhere else in the school and like transition into that social media role. Mm-hmm. I was the intern that became the social media manager for my first, uh, first school. And it's 
it's always one of those things where it's not the standard um, job where you apply and get it. Sometimes it is, but a lot of times people fall into it in very different ways. So that's really cool to see that that's how you got into it and that you've been into it for six months. So what's your first impressions after the first six months? Very busy. Yes. <laughs> Probably one of the more fast-paced environments that I've worked in. I did retail for five, six years before that, and I thought that was fast. But jumping in, we had all the Halloween stuff, then commencement, then winter break, jumping back into spring. It's just, it's always something going in. Which is fun. There's always something new to do, and we're in the process of building a new website right now, so there's a lot of hands-on training and working with that that I didn't initially expect <laughs> to have well, into. I will tell you, um, you haven't experienced this yet, but summer in higher ed is golden. It, it, it will slow down to a snail's pace. Um, sometimes I remember like banging my head against the desk, like, what can we do for content? Like, how did we go from 100 to zero? Like, mm -hmm. it really is. Like, especially that last week heading into graduation and commencement and stuff. And then all of a sudden, it's like, boom. It's silent until beginning of August when you get prepped for students mm -hmm. coming back. So, um, the rest is coming. The break is coming. Um, but, yeah, starting in October, really... December doesn't, December, I guess, has like a week or two that's like a little mm -hmm. low, lower key, depending on if your school gives you like the whole week, the whole time off. I've worked for two different institutions that one gave more time off, one gave less time off, and then um, jumped full, like jumped back into the semester immediately into January. Mm -hmm. But um, summer is coming. <laughs> it is um, a much slower pace and it really gives you the chance to like plan stuff out so that mm -hmm. when you're in that fall rush and spring rush you're not feeling um as much behind because you can do some of that planning in yeah. the summertime with the uh summer stuff that's actually one of the campaigns my director's a little more hands-off on right now she sent me an email like i want you to update this thanks page update this um landing page to, like make qr codes for our uh, space coast daily and some other things uh, partner with our other boss to work on some stuff for that and that's just kind of I like that it's a little bit calmer but it's definitely yeah. it's fun to kind of oh I can play around more <laughs> yes one of my biggest tips for summer in general is if your school has a hashtag that's really branded well and like that your students use um, often is tap into that and like kind of stock where students are and then encourage them. Um, maybe it's a pair of branded sunglasses or something that you get from your admissions office or something that you can give away during the summer and encourage people to use either your hashtag or your hashtag, like um, whatever the name, like whatever your hashtag is plus summer um, and get people to share where they're traveling. And then another one of my favorite tips is um, I use, I've used this line at every, place that I've worked and I just hope that people don't catch on that it's like one of my go-to signature posts each summer is um it's near far wherever you are always rep whatever your school is and so I either ask students that are traveling um if I know them well I'll like shoulder tap some students and say hey can you wear our school shirt when you're traveling this place um 
we use the Instagram stories to ask people what where they're traveling for the summer and then we message them and like hey if you have this shirt will you will you take it on your trip um and we'll we'll repost it and like i'm like dragging content out of people because it does get like a desert like it is silent on campus um during the summer and unless your unless your school has like big summer programs um but both schools that i worked at like it was you could go weeks without seeing someone under the age of 21. And then you see the incoming first year students like there for orientation. You're like, yes, it's students. <laughs> Some of my favorite moments. I, golly, you don't realize how much you like really are going to miss them until they're gone for those three months. And then it's like, yes, you're back. Okay, cool. Back into the, back into the fast paced. Um, so what do you think? I know you're new to this job, but I'd love to know from you, what do you think is the most under-discussed part of this role? What is something they don't tell you, but that you've learned through your last couple months um, that's either required or expected, but just isn't often talked about? Uh, probably all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. We have a lot of fun events on campus, a lot of... Um, exciting things that are always going on, but we have to stick to scheduling things um, kind of in a good flow where it's not too much in one day or too late after the event. And it's either getting those photos late, not at all, some of them blurry. And it's just because I feel sad because I want to, you know, just highlight the student life we have, how much our coordinators do. And it's just one of those things that it's kind of like, I, I can't, I don't think we can maybe try fit this in we'll see and then some things it's just so late and it's just that uh, I don't want to say like go 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 <laughs> time frame but it, it sometimes feels it like that it's where things are always jumping it's I feel bad for missing things um have you discovered any um like specific either department or faculty staff member that is very determined to get every single thing that they do posted. Have you run into that yet? We we do have one. He is fantastic for the school, for the community. I actually believe he's on one of our uh, local government uh, councils. And it's exciting to see everything that he posts, even if it's not something that we share. It's always amazing to see. And we try and share as much as we can. But That's it's just... So cool always smiling out there, uh, gets along with everybody, and it's great. <laughs> Alrighty, we're gonna play a game, guys, okay? So, first and foremost, get a pen, get a paper, pull out your notes app on your phone, whatever it might be, okay? Got it? Great. All right, what keywords does your website currently rank for? Take a couple seconds, right? One, two, three, four. I give you a few, not just a couple. What doesn't it rank for that you think it should rank for? Okay, one, two, three, four. Now, what are a few keyword opportunities that you could be winning on if you just simply tweaked some of your existing website copy? Got it? Okay, how'd you do? Ooh, not so hot. Not sure what you can, what you're currently ranking for, or not sure what you could be ranking for. Well, that's okay because our friends at DD Agency want to help you answer all of these questions. DD Agency is a higher ed specific marketing technology agency that has conducted countless SEO audits for colleges and universities across the country. 
In these audits, they detail where you currently rank, what you could be ranking for, exactly how copy should be tweaked on website pages, and so much more. If this sounds like something that you could benefit from, give the guys at DD Agency a ping and be sure to mention that Enrollify sent you to claim a 10% discount on any of their SEO offerings. So head on over to enrollify.org forward slash DDA SEO. That's DDA as in DD Agency SEO, or simply follow the link in the show notes below. That will guarantee you get a 10% discount off of your audit. All right, head on over to enrollify.org slash DDASEO or simply Google DD Agency, find DD Agency's website, and be sure to mention that you heard about them through Enrollify when you request your audit. All right, folks, back to the show. I feel like every school, no matter what the size, has that like token person that is the person that you know is going to share everything, um, is going to comment on everything, is going to be your biggest supporter. Um, and sometimes, sometimes they're just the like the engagement person, but then sometimes they're the ones who request everything to be shared. Um, we I've worked at different schools and had different different faculty members that are so passionate about their programs. They're like, I want everything that we're doing being shared, and I have to sometimes go and say, I'm sorry, I can't I can't share everything. Not because it's not good or it's not important, but it's because people are going to think that our school only consists of this major or this program because the other schools aren't or the other parts of the school are not um, as active or aren't as um, engaging on social. I was like, I can't share. This this account is not a highlight reel of this program. It's to encompass the whole school. So it's always interesting to hear what people like what department that is in different schools. Sometimes it's the sciences that are just like really um, like killing it and like want everything shared. Sometimes, um, my experience, it's education. I love them. They're the most, um, as someone who was an early childhood major and, and then went into social work. Um, like I get it. Like there is a, there's a special love in those programs and like so much fun that they want everything shared. But, um, sometimes we have to turn it back just a little bit so we can share the stuff, the business stuff and, the literature stuff, the English stuff, like stuff like that, but um, always interesting. So have you come up with any uh, tips or hacks that you've learned to like make your life a little more productive in your role or like something you would share with somebody who's just joining? Ooh, um, I, I write everything down, phone calls, save screenshots emails like everything I can if it's involving something happening now happening later I have um a desk calendar it's all baby Yoda and every little note time that can be in there is on there my biggest tip is write it down (laughs) even if you're gonna feel like you're gonna remember it it's there's so much happening that it's gonna whoop right out (laughs) see you're the you're the person I strive to be but can never get to that point. I um, have severe ADHD and I think I'm going to remember something from like walking from the kitchen in here and like yep. straight up forget it. Um, I'm the person who goes back and forth like five times. Like, what was I doing? And so I think like, oh, I'm going to write this down or I'm going to put it on the sticky note. But either then I lose the sticky note or yep. I lose the screenshot. And so I, I would benefit from a large desk calendar that like, can't move that's always in my face but um that's... <laughs> I haven't got there yet but that's a great that's a great piece of advice because 
we are getting thrown so much information our way. If we don't write it down or we don't um, keep track of it, like we will lose, like stuff will slide through the cracks. I have had that happen way more than I want to, but a hundred percent something um, that I I know personally I need to be better at. So that was a good one. I like that. Um, <laughs> if you weren't working in higher ed, I know you're new, so if this is not something you really want to be thinking about right now. But if you weren't working in higher ed, this this opportunity didn't work out. Like, what is something else you would like to try? Like, if you could have any dream job, what would that be? The bar is high <laughs> for this one. <laughs> I would love to do marketing for uh, the Disney company. Like, specifically for their theme parks, promotions, management. It's just, it feels like it would be very fun. But I know just even thinking about that, that's one of those, you know, wish upon a star <laughs> kind of Six, feel, seven, eight years down. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if you work in, I feel like if you work in one Florida or work in marketing of some type, like mm-hmm. working for Disney and like the happiest place on earth, if that hasn't been on your radar, then do you really, do you really like making people happy? Right. <laughs> like that's, that's a goal for so many, um, to work with them and just the culture they've created. Um, I've really tried to mimic some of what they do on their social and what they do as a company. Like they really address each person is not like a problem to solve, but like, how Mm -hmm. can we make this more enjoyable for this person? And so when people message our social accounts or ask uh, questions about financial aid, instead of just saying contact financial aid, I like to go, contact financial aid on their behalf, make sure I'm getting the contact for the right person. And then Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, the answer to your question is X, Y, and Z in the future. If you have any questions, here is X person in the financial aid office that would be more than happy to help you. And I think when we treat social as more of like a fun, like supportive customer service line Mm -hmm. when needed, um, we create the opportunity for more of our, our followers to become, raving fans and then tell others about us and then we go down that whole route like road of um we need people to enroll in our schools uh we want people Mm -hmm. to apply we want people to join us and if they see us as friendly and helpful on the social side then hopefully that will transcend transcend into um our campus culture and then people really will have that same experience on campus as they do when communicating with us online that's a big Mm -hmm. A big goal for me is, like, I never want to give false hopes for what our campus environment is, but I think every campus is trying to get to the point where they're providing excellent customer service and um, trying to be as helpful as they can be. And Mm -hmm. Disney is a great example of that and how they um, really make people feel seen and not just remember. Yeah. So next up... um, I know that you are still new in this role, but um, are you a scheduler or do you post things on the fly? Mix of both. Um, We've been trying to use our stories feature more, so I really like diving into that kind of on the fly right beforehand. Like, hey, um, like tonight we have a big bachelor's expo going on for uh, students to kind of explore our programs. And because um, I'm planning something to get posted later this afternoon to encourage them to go. So I guess, but 
for events I can actually be there I like to kind of post on the fly like oh we have this we have that um I guess it all also kind of falls under a scheduler <laughs> yeah no I mean it makes sense um I I'm a mix of both too I feel like um there's some things that if I know is going to happen like there's no chance it's going to change it's not up for debate some of that yeah. I will schedule ahead of time but most of the time I'm on the fly because you never know what's going to change. You never know mm -hmm. what's going to happen in the world or at the school or in the state that's going to come up that we need to pause our content. And yep. also it could just be bad timing. Like it may not be the best thing to be posted that day. Maybe we, mm -hmm. maybe we forgot a national holiday that we now need to swap content out for or because yep. <laughs> um, inevitably we're going to forget forget one at least once a year that's something that we should have remembered that we didn't put on the calendar we didn't move over to the following year um there was something recently that i think was like that i can't remember what it was i forget it was like often. two days later <laughs> my my i'm really bad about it but like the one that i've wanted to celebrate for years that i have not been able to pull off because i for i don't give myself enough heads up time for it is national mm -hmm. puzzle day. Um, it has nothing to do with higher ed, but I want to make the, the play on words of um, like you're a piece of our puzzle and like have a photo of campus oh. and do like a time lapse of putting the puzzle together. But that requires thinking ahead of time to order the puzzle before mm -hmm. the day before the event, the day before. Yep. And um, I usually don't get the alert until the day before. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, it, tomorrow's national puzzle day. We're, we're year seven into not making this happen. Oh, no. And then this year I was so determined and it's in Feb, it's in January. I think I even like mentioned it like January 1st. I was like, I'm going to order the puzzle and I didn't write it mm -hmm. down and I forgot to order the puzzle. So, mm -hmm. um, goals, 2024 goals <laughs> is to celebrate national puzzle day. You'll um, do it. I believe in you. <laughs> I really hope somebody needs to keep me accountable on that one because <laughs> My poor calendar. <laughs> My poor calendar has seen that one for seven years. <laughs> Once you have the puzzle, it's it's golden. You're good. Right? <laughs> what's I'm gonna be real honest here. Um, what's really sad is that I actually purchased um, a sublimation puzzle because I have mm -hmm. sublimation supplies. Like I could have made the puzzle, but I forgot about it. And so it's not even <laughs> that I need to order it. I just needed to do it, and I didn't. <laughs> And it's just, oh, that's one of those things I need to do it now and schedule it from a year from now so that it's done. Like, I don't even have to worry about it. <laughs> no stress of January. Um, okay, so next question. What is your favorite platform? This is a two-part question, both personally and for your brand. They can be different. Uh, personally, I love TikTok. Um, that's when we've had to put on pause for the school with everything going on, but I actually saw another creator on there make a comment about it that made me laugh, and it's the vulnerability that people feel on TikTok that they no longer feel on Instagram. She said something like, I'll post this on here, but it feels too personal for Instagram now because the feeds are so curated there, and I couldn't help but, like, agree and laugh at that because there's things I post on mine that I don't, I don't know if I would... <laughs> posts on like my personal gram but for the school I do love Instagram I feel like we get more engagement there um it is a little bit more curated for current students and alums than our Facebook is and I think that's kind of where it hits the sweet spot is 
there's more um, coverage for like things happening on the stories there. That's How cool. about you? Um, so I love that like that was your answer because TikTok is my favorite, um, followed closely by Twitter um, for mm-hmm. personal. Well, I guess personal and brand. Okay, TikTok is personal and brand. Okay, hold on. Let me rephrase that. I work for a social media <laughs> app, and so Zimi technically is my favorite social for brand in that avenue of my life. In my small <laughs> business, TikTok is my favorite. Personally, TikTok is my fa- is my most used one um, yeah. for per- personal stuff. I have to like divide this in my brain. I'm like. Which, which part are we talking about? Um, but you talked about, you mentioned the ban. Um, and I don't know, has y'all's governor banned it across all government devices? Or it's not, a conversation? Not yet. I believe it's not a conversation. Yet, okay. I know UF, I think they can't use it on their government devices. And it might be on their like, Wi-Fi that you can't use it. Gotcha. I'm not too versed on what they're doing but i know we're just on pause it's changing every day um and so i i really love that you (laughs) brought that up because (laughs) and you have no idea this is even happening but i am actually by the time this episode airs i will have spoken on a tiktok panel with tiktok's head of cybersecurity and data um oh wow for tiktok for the u.s and so that's happening this coming weekend at South by mm-hmm. Southwest. And um, yeah, I'm joining them on Saturday to be able to talk about the bands and talk about how that impacts our industries, um, specifically talking as a small business owner, because 95% mm-hmm. of my orders for my greeting card business come from TikTok. And so yeah. um, that's very impactful for me. But in the education space, it does, it makes an impact. We had a video for the Um, university that I used to work for Mm -hmm. that it's a very small private Christian college here in South Carolina and our follower count is like 700 like it's not it's not big but Mm -hmm. my student team had recorded a TikTok on graduation day in May they did not tell me about it which I love um we had we had words afterwards but it's in the best way (laughs) they bought these little squishy toys and they passed them out before graduation. And when they walked across the stage and they went to shake our president's hand, they transferred that sticky toy to his hand. And he like looked at it and was so confused at what they just handed him. But in the process, so they're, they're grabbing his hand, they're grabbing their diploma, they're smiling for their photo. And he's, he's trying to smile for the photo, but also trying to figure out what the student just put in his hand. And so then they start walking away. He looks down at it and he's just like, uh, and then he passes it off and it happens multiple times. It wasn't every student, um, but it was like scattered throughout the student body (laughs) and our student class president that was, she was the one running our TikTok at the time. She recorded it from the audience. And so she recorded all of these people walking by and like put captions of like what she thought our president was thinking in that moment. Like not another one. What is this? Why is it sticky? Um, but I love the video because at the end, um, well, like during like the graduation, the walking across stage, the table that all the diplomas are on has our logo big mm-hmm. and bold right front and center. And so it's, it was free publicity to everybody who saw that, but because that was such yeah. a fun prank 
on the president and graduation at that time around graduation. Mm -hmm. It went viral. It got 370 something thousand views. And um, it led to our president coming back and saying, okay, what other things can I do to go viral? And I'm like, that's not how it works. It's fun when you are (laughs) the one we're playing the joke on, but you can't manufacture doing something that's going to go viral. Like that was a straight up prank (laughs) that did so well. But um, TikTok is really good for getting um, your name in front of people that are not usually following you. So Mm -hmm. I really hope that um, we can kind of pause the whole band stuff. And I know that TikTok is working on moving their data to a data center in Texas. They're trying to bring Mm -hmm. all of that data to U.S. soil. Um, And that's part of the session we're talking about. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the next two, three, six months and how that impacts our jobs and our roles and how we use that specific platform to engage with followers and to engage Mm -hmm. with current students and future students and um, really get our names out. I think it's, it's super helpful for small schools that don't Mm -hmm. have as big of the name recognition as the large universities, the flagship universities for States. Um, And it a lot really allows more of an equal playing field for uh, small schools to be seen and heard by uh, future, future students or prospective students. So, um, yes, love TikTok. Love that you mentioned that. (laughs) Um, I wish I had a follow up on what this session is going to be covering, but we'll talk about that later. Um, If you follow me on Twitter, you can go back and see all of my tweets from uh this conference but by the time this airs that'll be over so (laughs) um okay next up what is something that you wish you could pull back the curtains and let people see behind the scenes at your job is there something that you wish people could um that people may not understand about this role or Mm -hmm. maybe a certain situation or whatever it's totally up to how you want to interpret that question (laughs) Um, I guess as much as I joke about it with like family and friends, it's, it's not all taking pretty pictures <laughs> and making reels and, um, emojis, but. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think explaining but, to people that don't work in social media, that social media is not just what they see mm-hmm. is the hardest thing for people to grasp. Um, because so often, if people aren't seeing the like the results of what you're doing, if they're not seeing the mm-hmm. post, the tweet, the video, then they assume you're not doing anything. And our roles, <laughs> I feel like, are a dumping ground for a lot of things that don't necessarily fall on if your team happens to be big enough and has a graphic designer or a videographer mm-hmm. or a photographer or something. Like, that sometimes there are people to do that, but otherwise you could be a team of one. My first job, I was a team of one. I did all of our photo, video, a lot of our graphic design, website stuff, like commencement program. Like I got the most random hodgepodge assignments. Um, um, and so people didn't necessarily see that um, on their side, like looking at our social, mm-hmm. but work was still happening. Yep. For us, uh, we're lucky, um, from what I see, we have uh, college-wide printing and graphics that does 99% of all the graphics that we need. 
we'll make some ones on the fly for smaller things. Um, and then we also have our TV production crew because we have an amazing, um, what is it? It's WEFS TV. They do a lot of the local broadcasting here in the area. So they cover majority of stuff for our campuses too. Um, so luckily we have a big group to all work together. Nice. <laughs> um, next up, we just have a few more questions I want to ask you. Um, I've <laughs> loved having you on the podcast, but Thank you for um, me. yeah. Um, what is your confession? What is something that you've done as a social media manager that someone probably wouldn't expect? Um, it was when we got our TikTok off the ground. Um, and before I realized I could download CapCut to my laptop or my work computer is I would make them edit them in app on my personal one, post it download it without the watermark and delete it all within like five seconds to be able to send it for approval for our director so that we can be actually be able to upload it to the school's one <laughs> but it was like how do I make this work in app without taking it too far away from it and then I found CapCut not too long later and I was like oh I can edit it right in here and not have to worry about it that's so smart um the apps and how they change is one of my favorite parts about the job is that it's never stagnant. It's never, um, the apps are changing constantly, which both is a source of confusion and, and frustration, um, and joy in that like our jobs never look the same all the time. Um, sometimes we have to pivot like when Instagram was really pushing reels, even though we really didn't want them to, like we had to pivot a little bit to work, um, to please that algorithm and now they've kind of reverted back a little bit. Um, yeah. It, it makes things interesting, frustrating, but interesting. <laughs> and I love that TikTok has evolved a little bit and they did release CapCut and um, my TikTok account, I saw this last week, when I'm editing a video, it now has the option to download it before I publish it and that oh. has been a lifesaver because I'm so used to publishing a TikTok, uploading it to SnapTik, downloading it mm -hmm. um, without the watermark and then I have to go into an editor software and change the audio because it, it offsets it mm -hmm. just enough that it's annoying, um, especially if you're talking and like your oh, words yeah. no longer match your mouth. So I have to go back and like edit that like literally half a second to make it line up quickly. And then I can repost it to YouTube shorts, Pinterest or Instagram stories or wherever I'm going to put mm -hmm. it. But I can now download it without the watermark before publishing it. And I, while that's Ooh. helpful for me for reposting, I bet that's mm -hmm. going to be, if they push that out to everybody will be super helpful for schools that have approval processes because it doesn't allow you to share the same drafts folder. Mm -hmm. That's another like frustration. I'm like, why? Like, why is it only on one device? That's that's so frustrating. But I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see how the algorithms change and work and the platforms themselves mm -hmm. what they're so they don't stay in their lanes all the time. They try to be each other and like mm -hmm. I just need Instagram, I need you to be pictures. Pretty pictures, curated feed, whatever. TikTok, I need that to stay videos. Recently I yep. saw carousel photos. I'm like, no. No, like stay video, short video. 
TikTok, yeah. stay in your lane. Facebook, stay in your lane. Everybody stay in your lane. <laughs> I saw a carousel post on there with 32 photos. Stop it. On TikTok? It, yeah, it was like a oh story, and I'm just swiping through, and I'm like, there's a lot. And then I saw the count at the top, and I was expecting like 10, and I, I was already halfway there, and... I guess they're, Gosh. like you said, they're pushing the carousel post now. They have their, I guess it's less be real and more just, like, stories now on there. Yeah, my <laughs> account doesn't have that. I can see when people's, like, profiles are circled in blue, and mm-hmm. I click on it, and it's like, you can't see this until you post, but my account does not give me the option to post. So I'm like, oh. it's very interesting how they don't, like, roll things out to everybody at all mm-hmm. times. It's very much, like... You get some features, and you get some features, but you don't get those features. And you get these features, but you don't get them. It's out, but not It's like the, what is it, the local. Like, you can hit your location now, and not everyone has that. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. The playlist for a long time. Captions Mm -hmm. for a long time. Um, That was a lifesaver. (laughs) Yes. I love the captions feature. I remember the other day I was pulling a video to share, repost, and... I remember typing out every single word of this 30 second video to caption it myself in app and mm-hmm. having to like time it and remembering how long it used to take me. And now I hit a button and then just put the background it. on it and it, it does the captions for me. And it's just, mm-hmm. Oh, such a time saver for accessibility. Mm-hmm. But also, um, I like, I think I've got like a small level of auditory audit processing disorder like I have a really hard time not yep. watching stuff with captions sometimes like I'll hear you and it like I'm not hearing you like it's not it's not processing and so I didn't realize how much I relied on captions until the pandemic yep. and everybody's wearing masks and I'm like oh crap like I don't know what you're saying no nope. like, I, I, I am not hearing or I'm hearing words but it's not making sense like no, nope. or so, there's a delay, you see their mouth moving, and you're yes. like, I missed something in there, and it's, nope. It's just a reminder to me that um, accessible social media is not just for people who have, um, like, full um, auditory, like, mm-hmm. um, disabilities. Like, or can't, like, you can't be, like, it doesn't have to be fully deaf or fully blind to need alt text. Like, it really is helpful for all yeah. the the whole spectrum in between it. And so um, really just reminds me that while it may take me an extra 10, 15, 30 seconds to caption something or to put alt text on it, it is worth it because that means somebody else is going to get to engage with our content that may not get to, if I don't take the time now to do it, like it it has to be part of our, um, our process in everything. Mm -hmm. So so I have some last, last questions. These are rapid fire. I did not give you a heads up on what these are. So oh, they're no. even more fun. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> he's always made me laugh. If you were going about your normal day, how many owls would you need to see before you thought something was wrong? Are they just like out and about or are they like yeah. in my office? <laughs> <laughs> Either. If you, if you, like, you're going about your day, and all of a sudden you saw an owl, and then you saw another one, like, how many would it take before you're like, something's up here? Three. I, I don't think I've ever really seen them here. Um, I've only lived here for about eight years, but I want to say three. Yeah. <laughs> it just, That's it's an odd bird. Yep. 
Okay, I love... Okay, so you talked about Disney, so this is a great question mm-hmm. for you. If you were in the castle when the spell was cast and Beast's castle transformed, what object would you become? Oh, gosh. I don't know why a spoon is the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> I just, you know, lay low, like, just kind of, like, I don't think it's gonna, I'm not going to get in the way. <laughs> I love that. Um, two more, because these are fun. I literally found this person on TikTok that was like, everybody needs a good dinner party question. And she gave hers, <laughs> and then it was like, comments were tons of these questions. And I was like, I'm going to pull these into the podcast, because these are fun. Um... Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? I'm going to go duck-sized horses because I feel like that's about the size of a chihuahua. But a horse-sized duck just sounds terrifying. Like, have you seen their teeth? I feel like if it was a goose, it was we would be we would be done. Like, yep. If, if you imagine a horse-sized <laughs> goose, um, absolutely not. That's a good yeah. good question. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the last one, gonna keep with the animal theme. Um, if you have to hide a giraffe from the government, where would you put it and why? <laughs> oh, my house is too small for this. Um. <laughs> I want to say a shed, but, like, that's got to be a really tall shed. If it's, like, a baby giraffe, we'll, we'll put you in the shed. <laughs> Just, we'll bring you out later. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I don't I don't know where I would hide a giraffe. <laughs> like, um, I did well, see somebody that very commented. Very still. <laughs> yeah, right? I did uh, see somebody that commented on this post, and like, uh, I put it in a zoo. And I'm like, well, that's logical. <laughs> that is. My brain didn't go there. No. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. I greatly appreciate it. And um, we're going to have your uh, places that people can find you on social in the show notes of this podcast mm-hmm. if people want to get in touch with you. And um, yeah, thank you so much for joining. And um, thank you to everybody who tuned in for our second episode of Confessions of a Higher Ed Social Media Manager. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Hey all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.